this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Get your boards on the floor because it's time for Succession Season 3. That's right, it's post-show Roy Caps coming back with Succession coverage for Season 3 of Succession, the Season 3 premiere, which is officially out in the universe, uh, confoundingly titled Secession, uh, which is really going to cause huge issues for a lot of people. Uh, but uh, this is a, the only issue to, to be found in this otherwise flawless episode of television where nobody is having any problems whatsoever i'm josh wiggler having no problems segueing into introducing myself and my co-hosts for this episode of the succession podcast first of all grace leader in the house grace how you doing i'm good i've uh seems like it's a well-received episode i've been doing some media monitoring big pictures of yeah. the internet is Did pretty you- big <laughs> Put the ther- and- thermometer up the. I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Yeah, but no, it seems like it's been super positive, and the meme image is good. So the meme is good. Yeah. What's uh-huh. the best meme you've seen so far, Grace? Oh, uh, I don't know. If I've seen any memes from the episode <laughs> recently. The, the evil one is going around. I feel like you could do a good mm. Logan is evil uh, meme. Uh, um, evil okay. Lo- Logan Roy. Well, yeah. let's let's see if our next guest can uh, can prompt any good memes for this episode of Succession. Jess Sterling is away. So we are honored to have with us uh, the legendary Dr. Amanda here to diagnose all of the terrible things going on with the Roy's. Amanda, welcome to the show. Oh, Josh, thank you for having me. I want to say some jobs are money jobs and some jobs are heart jobs. <laughs> this is a hard job. This is a hard job for yeah. me. Yeah. Dr. Amanda Roy Binowitz. Oh. <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe I'm a long lost cousin. I should yeah. I should show up and yeah. see if I can get a job. Oh my <laughs> God. Uh, well, uh, Jesterling's successor has been announced. Uh, it is Dr. Amanda. Uh, we're thrilled to have you here. We're really psyched to talk about succession. We're going to be here all season long. We've got episode recaps coming your way. Uh, every Monday after Succession uh, has aired, Monday afternoons. Uh, so uh, maybe not in time for your Monday morning commute, but like that Monday evening commute, you come back from work, we're with you, we got you. Tuesday morning, we're with you, we got you. Uh, and a lot to unpack, like a, a really just a, a very spicy episode of TV. I think one of... I don't know. I would love to get both of your temperatures on this. No thermometers involved. This is just conversational. Uh, In terms of like, obviously, we've been doing the podcast for the past couple of weeks in the lead up to the show coming back. So like 
Grace, I know you've been really excited. I've been really excited. Um, Amanda, for you, like, what was like your your hype factor getting into Succession returning? And do you have any like sense of like how that maybe like felt like water cooler wide? Like, did it feel like there was sort of like an uptick in like excitement for Succession around the the premiere's return? Oh, I mean, I think I think absolutely. I so I, I'll just to give you just to give you my temperature where I've been at the last couple of days. I think I watched the Succession um, season three trailer five times yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> just just getting getting in the right headspace. I mean, I've been so jazzed. The fact that we had just such an excellent season of television back in 2019 with season two, and then had to wait so so long and follow the news of whether season three was filming again like i really think people were so ready to jump right back into this story the people that i know that follow succession were like really through the roof i feel like this is sort of in since season two ended more and more people have discovered the show and the sense that this is probably one of the best um television shows of the past five years like i'm starting to feel like this is entering the conversation as one of these serious heavy hitter prestige tv shows so i think people were really really jazzed to get a new season yeah grace like i feel like when the reviews started coming out for season three that was probably when i started getting like really excited because like all of the critics whose like opinions Mm -hmm. that i I really trust that i like to read a lot were all like yeah show didn't hasn't missed a step like oh man okay because like you get like this far into a show's run and like you can imagine like the slippage yeah i mean there's the sophomore slump but like yeah there's like sometimes the show the shows like go a little bit like further than probably like you know that you start to like you know be trying to go for these big you know twists and and whatever and sort of loses its momentum but it doesn't feel like that the the the, for me the way that i saw like that i felt um about the show was it's been a long time since i feel like there was a lot of like today is succession day on my twitter on uh sunday like all day like from the moment i woke up my twitter feed was like it's succession day like it's like it's tonight and i feel like especially in the era of like binge tv um we don't get that a lot like you know it's like you know it's often like oh yeah squid game came out like two weeks ago like have you watched and then that's how you watch it but i felt like with succession it really felt like the return like it's the sunday night hbo show right which i feel like we haven't had like the prestige sunday night um hbo drama for a while and this feels like you know perhaps the successor to whatever the last one was, yeah, I guess Game, Game of, Thrones. of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, Westworld, yeah. Westworld has tried Westworld. and sometimes Westworld's in there, but I think that Westworld was like, a, is a good example of one that like maybe hasn't like upheld that quality. Like that probably could have been one season. Level. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could have been a me. Uh, this could have been an email. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I feel like Succession's quality level, like has not changed at all. Amanda, if anything, like has improved uh, like that. Like, I think this was something that, uh, that Emily and I used to talk about on the season two podcast was like every episode feels like the new best episode of the show, uh, which is not necessarily always true, but like it feels that way. So like the fact that like we were talking before before we started recording the three of us of like, so how many times have you watched it yet? And like it's been out for a little over 12 hours as we're talking about it. like all three of us have watched it twice already. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I'll probably watch it like two more times. I would have watched it again time. if I had time before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah. I mean, and to be and to be fair to this show, like, I mean, this premise is not like I, I think when I first start like in season one, I was wondering like how and even coming into season three, I was like, how much juice can they get out of this premise of who is going to take over as CEO of of uh, Waystar Royco? And like, how much can we drag this out? And 
like that was my question going into season three is like, will they be able to keep this momentum of like the power struggles between the siblings fresh? And like this episode, we'll get into it. Like, I think that it had a lot of work to do in like handling the fallout of season two. So it wasn't one of those like big set piece episodes that like succession can do, but it's still like the characters are still giving you new layers of depth to you know their perspectives we're still getting new um pers- like new insights into their relationships so i think that that's why the show keeps on working and i trust these writers and i trust these actors to you know deliver another great season yeah i think uh one of the really compelling um choices that the show makes like structurally and creatively because we've definitely like over the last couple of weeks we were you know we've had the conversation about like Succession does an episode that's so grounded in place that like you can identify it by memory. Like you remember like the safe room episode, just as an example. Um, And this one did feel like sort of like uh, mobile action stations, right? Like, you know, like constantly on the move. But I think that like beyond like that uh, piece of the structure, Grace, I think one of the things that the show has done really well that you could track, like when you think about it, uh, certainly it's fresh for people who did like the really recent rewatch. It's like, not an in, not an intense amount of time has like uh, has has spanned. Uh, that was a horrible sentence. Uh, that like <laughs> it's been like a relatively truncated period of time. Like well, it hasn't been like years on the show. Like the season yeah. three premiere takes place a minute, you know, yeah. after the season two finale. And I think like uh, the season two premiere took place maybe like what like 48 well, hours after the season one finale there's there's a line in this episode where Ro- uh, roman is talking when he's like pitching to his dad that they just need to like bust kendall like like just like you know it's fine we'll just sell him like he's using these women whatever and Chop he's like into a million pieces yeah. yeah but he's like there's an election coming up and i was like what in the in the, i don't know where we are in time in terms of like what election this is that's coming up and i don't even really care i don't i don't want to know like we're like to me this is not a show like there's certainly like parallels to real people and whatever and whoever this president is like loves logan roy is but i honestly don't really care like who that like whether that's supposed to be you know a real president or not um but yeah in time i don't know where where we really are but i don't think it 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 matters um because the show is just so compelling i think the thing that uh is really smart about that choice is like to your point amanda of like how long can the show sustain its premise it can sustain its premise as long as it's like as long as like the story is kind of like luxuriating in the characters like giving us ridiculous scenes where people are just coming up with increasingly inventive ways of saying the f word uh (laughs) and insulting each other and disparaging each other and trying to one-up each other behind their backs that i think that like this sort of like uh like really like intense but short burst period of time that the show tends to follow like makes it so that like you can imagine that Season three, like the whole thing could like span like the the rush to like the board meeting, you know, like, you know, could span like the like that could be like the whole season could be uh, like days and it would probably work. Like, I think like they do a really great job of like stopping down on sort of like the minutia of everything in this episode specifically. Uh, I joked before, but like it, like the fact that it's called Secession, I think is hysterical. Uh, because how many people probably thought that the show was called Secession? Yeah, I was using my TV time app, and I was like, "Oh, that's embarrassing." They spelled the name of the show wrong. Yeah. Like, how embarrassing! But no, that's the name of the episode. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I pulled it up on HBO Max 
I was like, am I watching the right thing? Like, did they like, <laughs> like did they not name this episode? And so it took me a second book. Like, Wait, no, that's oh, secession. Do you think oh. we should change the name of the show after two seasons? That yeah. should work. That, that won't be yeah, just problem. change it by like one or two letters yeah. every season. I think that's a good yeah. winning strategy. Just like, like yeah. make sure For the that crown still paying attention. <laughs> they redo the crown every few seasons. They do they just redo the cast. They should just rename the show every yes. few seasons. I think that's right. Uh, I mean, the other thing I thought that like uh in terms of like, yeah, it was a bit of like it's a bit of a, a reset and they yeah, I mean, you talked about that they needed to come in and like there's the fallout of the last season. But the other thing I think, to me, the reason why the show works so well and some of my favorite TV shows were so is the characters are so um, so good and so well written. And then also like, you know, it's these moments that then like shift the character. And I think coming into the season, I'm very excited by like the ch the changes in who these characters are they're like fundamentally they're the same people but like this is a much different kendall than we've seen oh, probably yeah. ever before like maybe the very beginning of the show this is like as close to this that kendall that we, we we saw um in this season roman is is like you know that meeting he's much different shiv is in this weird place right where you know is going on and so i'm super i i i you know i thought that they kicked uh this season off very well um and one of the things i like is to see how that fallout has affected like all of these characters um heading into this season yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to talk about all the individual ways in which the characters have been moved up on the board. What does the battlefield look like? All of that stuff. We're going to throw it to our sponsors really quick for a very fast ad break. We will be back. We will talk about the rest of the Succession Season 3 premiere. Just a minute. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. All right, we're back. Uh, so those are our first reactions on the board to the episode. Uh, it does basically just like take place in the immediate fallout of how everything uh, shook out at the end with Kendall's big move. Um, Amanda, like a lot of questions coming out of the Succession season two finale of like, um, how long did Kendall know? Who did he tell? What was his plan? Did Logan know? Was Logan happy? Was he proud of his son? And I love that the show like answers these questions, at least to my interpretation of like, Logan is not happy. <laughs> uh, Logan is upset. Logan is, uh, is, has been like deeply damaged and wounded and is now like probably more dangerous in many ways than ever before. And as far as who did Kendall tell, the answer appears to be no one. Um, and so uh, we have sort of like this really chaotic entryway into the season where like everybody after this huge explosive move is sort of left in like stunned silence. Uh, or I don't know if it's quite silence on Kendall's part, whatever noises he was making in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. 
Taking a page from uh, from Nate from Ted Lasso, like just sit like, in the tub is a good. I, I've been like there. Hype, this is how you hype yourself up: is to <laughs> sit in an empty tub, fully clothed. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to try that before a podcast at some point. <laughs> uh, but Amanda, was there anything like surprising to you uh, about like sort of like the initial way in which the the season began, like so quickly on the heels? Yeah. Of the finale. Well, you know this, Josh. One of the things that I just love, love, love about this show is I feel like there's such a deep psychological truth to each of these characters. And that's why I would bombard you with like 700 word DMs about like everything that I thought was going on with everybody. And with Kendall, I think we learn here that this was an impulsive move on his part. This like was very much not planned, which is which to me like rings very true for the way that you know, that character is written in the way that he's portrayed by Jeremy Strong. And I think that this was ultimately, you know, a knee jerk reaction to him feeling like not only was his dad willing to make Kendall the face of the sacrifice for, um, you know, all of Waystar Royko's uh, wrongdoing, but also that he never really believed that Kendall had it in him to be the CEO. And I think that that's the moment where Kendall just decides that the only thing he can do to protect his ego is to just lash out on dad, go scorched earth on dad. And that's what he does. And it's a very impulsive move. And immediately once he does that, he, you know, like, like Grace noted, he kind of flips. And then we see sort of grandiose, you know, almost like hypomanic Kendall, who's like, just, you know, feeling like he's the might, might be the best guy in the world. So like, I feel like that was what seeing this unfold, we really get the impression, you know, Kendall did this to lash out. It was impulsive. Um, and, you know, and now he's going to have to try to kind of see if he can ride this energy to carry this torch and really enter this battle with his dad. Yeah. Um, Grace, you see, like, this is like a very different Kendall than we've, yeah. we've seen before. Aren't there ways in which this is just like the hypomaniac Kendall, like all the way turned up? So I should actually, I said it's it's a different Kendall. It's it's the Kendall that we see at the beginning of, of the show. There's like the scene, right, where he like tries on the new shoes. He gives away his shoes at the event. Like there, we have seen this uber confident Kendall um, before, but this feels like the most like free Kendall has been, right? But I thought the most interesting part of Kendall's story during this episode is the ways in which he is looking for so much affirmation from everybody. So he's on the phone with Frank and he says, Frank, I did this for you. And yeah. it, like, and then he's uh, talking with his, uh, with Rava and he's like, yeah. I did this for you and the kids. And, and she's the kids. Like, really? And she, he's like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Like, and then he's yeah. like, but I can do it, right? I can win. And she's like, Kendall, I don't know. And yeah. she's like, right. And also right. Like, 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 like when she's like, I haven't watched it yet. He's like, you, you might want to watch you want to watch it yeah you know, just... i think that he's like he's really buying his own hype right now yeah um he's the god slayer right like he like he's done it like he stabbed zeus and now like he's only getting i, I love that line highly relatable when he says to to greg like only tell me the positive stuff yeah, yeah don't yeah. tell me any of the negative <laughs> right. things i'll get seasick I'm like yes yeah. man i need a i need a uh you need a, a media, media monitor. monitor yeah i really do yeah. would be great yeah, uh, that like that part was hilarious. But I think like that's the thing is like he's like so in on like what I just did was legendary. They're going to tell they're going to sing songs. They're going to make movies. We should sing the songs. Mm -hmm. We should make the movies. And so it's like there is this there's this part of what he did. Uh, Amanda, that was like obviously like very righteous. He's like taking a swing at this objectively horrible human right. being in in Logan Roy. But I'm I'm so 
I don't know if proud is the worst word here, but like I'm very happy with the show's choice to not like make this like some sort of slam dunk. Kendall Roy is a hero for what he did. No, Kendall's a narcissist and he's like on a huge, he's been on like this big vendor and he's reeling from trauma and he's doing a lot of these things um, that are, you know, like, you know, this is, this is a good thing if like Logan is sort of taken out of power, but it's not for exactly healthy reasons. And I think that the premiere did a really good job of showing that no, like Kendall is also somebody still who's like not well. Totally. Yeah. And I and I really love that the show gave us that moment, like at the end of season two, where like we all want to give him a standing ovation and be like, yes, take this bastard down, like speak truth to power. And then he leaves and we immediately recognize that this is just like a petty defense of his own ego. And like that's that's the way the Roys operate, you know, and I think that Kendall, you see like the tragedy in that character, but you also see that this guy is like an absolute monster who's gonna you know come and take over his ex-wife's house and right. um rub his new girlfriend in her face and, and mock her razors like yeah, you know, like yeah. all this stuff uh like it's definitely like uh and like his reaction to the wine bottle and everything to be like looking at greg and be like surrounded by all these brilliant women must be doing something right <laughs> oh my like God, it's brutal he's on like he's on fire but like on fire in that way that like you know, fires like that really only end one way. Right. And um, when he when uh, he sees with the attorney and and he's and like she's like, so let me get this straight. Like you don't want to be implicated, right? It's like, right. yeah, no, I don't want to be. And like, yeah, and you want to make sure that the company doesn't get like destroyed enough that like you can't run it. He's like, yeah, that's right. Right. It's yeah. like uh, tells you a lot about what Kendall is is uh, you know is thinking and and how he sort of behaves in this moment. That it's not just for purely moral reasons that he's choosing to take right. down his father. His father calls him out on it, right? When he when they're it on the phone. And he, yeah. It's a good you play. Know. It's a decent, no, a decent play, I think is what yeah. he calls it. But he says, well, I don't tell him he just needs to cooperate. He won't go to jail. And like, what sanctimonious, like, yeah. bullshit, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I also really loved, like, um, there was so much about the Kendall part that I really, really loved. Uh, you know, just my I, Jeremy Strong is so terrific. My favorite character on the show. And I think like I would have been um, I think like there's like there's a such a worse version of this show that does the thing that's sort of like a populist move of like you're coming into season three. Kendall does what he does at the end of season two. And like now it's just like objectively like everybody's on team Kendall in the audience mm-hmm. because like uh, Kendall is like. Uh, moving with truth on his side and like doing the righteous thing um, and is not examining like a lot of like the uh, like a lot of like the the deep damage that's like fueling that stuff and is also leaking out of his decisions and is going to inevitably like wash back onto people that that he loves Um, whether or not we love them is another question and like I'm I'm really glad that that was like when he says like I want to make sure that like our messaging makes it clear that this wasn't just an off the cuff like punch to the nose of an old man yeah. but it's like, it's like a, a, well a, it's like a coherent <laughs> strategy and so like he's like saying the thing that like you in the audience exactly man it's like ah, yeah. you know maybe a little column a a little column b and i feel like the the premiere did a lot of work in in that regard of like showing um kendall's like efficiency of thought but also his impulsivity, like what he does with uh, with Carolina, right? Where he's like, okay, mm-hmm. just get out of the car. Like you no weevils, no weevils in the flower. <laughs> you gotta be out. You gotta get out. Like you're in, or you're in on the revolution, or you're not. And she's like, well, it's like okay, so then you're out. And so like there are ways. This which- is the righteous vehicle. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> 
uh, and Greg's whole like, I'm, I, I'm kind of like, uh, like I had no idea what was going on, but now I'm concerned and very interested. I, I think I'm just gonna like take a ride with these guys. Yeah. But, but to that point, Josh, of who knew? I mean, we do. Greg has been on board because, because, because mm-hmm. he supplies the documents. He right. has the documents at the press conference. So, well, whereas everyone else is completely blindsided by Kendall's move. I think Greg is here like a, a full co-conspirator, we can say, and probably the only person that we know that is, you know, coming into this team, Kendall. Yes. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, the way that the premiere handled Greg really tickled me. Uh, there's a thing that like, I don't, I, I think I started like lightly picking up on it on the first watch, but like I couldn't stop seeing it on the second is like every chance Greg gets he's like pumping Kendall up and he's like literally like trying to like, he's like often like touching Kendall. Like, like yes. he, he like walks yeah. past Kendall a couple of times and just like pats him on the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. Like when he, when they have their moment of like, we must be doing something right here, Greg. Right. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You're the man. You're the best one ever. And like, he like Kendall like then turns to walk away to like resume his meeting um, with, with uh, Lisa Arthur. And like Greg does like a little bit like on the go massage, like, it's like he can't like he he's got such like uh, proximity to like uh, like in insane firepower and he just wants some of that like he's hoping that like just by contact like it'll spread uh, like I thought that the way they treated Greg in this episode was like very very true yeah. to the Greg that we've seen. I'm but- super fascinated in what we learn about Greg this season because like I, to this point like up to this point I think he's kind of been a little bit of this hapless doofus in this world who like knows he doesn't want to leave the circle of power. Right. Like he's had these opportunities to like, to, to, you know, to do something more to his grandfather's wishes and get out of there and all of that. But he knows he doesn't want to leave that, but he sort of has kind of had this plausible deniability and just kind of goes with the flow. But this is like the first place where he's actually taking a stand. So does, does Greg want to see it all come down? Does he really believe in Kendall? Is this his way of getting distance from the abusive relationship he had with Tom? Like, I just want to know what exactly are his motives um, like from, you know, maybe the most, you know, high-minded moral motives to maybe just the more petty, self-interested motives, which really seem to make everybody tick on this show. Yeah, to hazard a couple of guesses, one is, like, the physical, like, uh, reality of, like, he's in New York with uh, Kendall, so where does he turn? He has to just, like, turn to, like, the only boat that is in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another one is, like, I think back, Grace, to season two where he's, like, what is he's like, I'm not so sure. Like I'm cool with Nazis. Right. Like, you know, right. like, you know, like some of the stuff that he found like morally repugnant about Waystar Royco, but lacked like the fortitude to like actually challenge. He probably thinks that like, at least like Kendall is going to like dismantle some of that stuff. Um, and I expect I- we'll be in for like some form of rude awakening with Kendall, uh, like probably doing some really disagreeable things, if not like outright aligning with Nazis, uh, then at least like doing stuff that like, once again, just like shows like Kendall Roy, like you can, you can like root for him in like, uh, in relation to Logan Roy, like there is like a context component, but like, not like a good guy. No, I mean, I want to have so much faith that that Greg has this like moral compass, but I just don't think he does. I think he's like in some ways he just doesn't have the same confidence that the rest of these people do. Um, but I think that like I don't think he wants to see the company taken down. If he did, he he could have done something with the documents, right? 
yeah. that he ha- that he's had this whole time, right? He only ever uses them to get like leverage on Tom, uh, and then he's using them with Kendall here to like you know uh, take down the Roy. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that he he just is the least confident of any of uh, the people that we see on the show, um, and uh, yet I still think he you know he he's kind of caught up I think in this moment of like there's the line where. Um, where he's like, who says it? It's like the OJ murders, except if nobody <laughs> murdered anything. And then Kendall's like, who, how do you know I didn't murder anybody? Yeah, who's and like the yeah, look on Greg's face is just like, it's not like disgust or disdain. Uh, it's like, oh my God, like, wow. He actually, like, he, he says, what character said that? That's like the darkest line in this episode, I think, is it's... like Kendall being like just in such a state where he's so high on himself that he's making jokes about this like really dark episode from his past. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, like, uh, often, like, levity is your, you know, like, light is the way through dark, right? Like, you have, like, a, a horrible thing that, that happens in your life and, like, some time and some distance and, like, maybe you're able to, like, uh, view that through some sort of, like, if I, if I don't laugh, I'll cry kind of lens. It's always going to be, like, a fault line that you're dealing with. But I think that, like, at, at, when we're talking about, like, at the very least manslaughter, uh that is like still like a month old you know maybe we're not like cracking you know like just like shooting from the hip about that yet or ever you know so like i did think that that moment in the car like if it wasn't already clear by like the like sort of like parcel tongue that he is like hissing at himself in the bathroom at the start of the episode uh that like i think it's like that moment when he does say to greg like who says i haven't killed anyone I was like, oh, okay. So like Kendall Roy is like halfway to becoming the Joker at this point. Yeah. Uh, like Watch he's it like, all burn. Yeah. Like it's like, it's like, and even like, I think like to that point about like, he's calling Frank, like I did this for you, Frank. Like the, the way that he's delivering a lot of this stuff is so like self-hyped. Like when he calls Shiv and like, isn't even like trying to have like an actual conversation but it's just like, you know, sing song. Like both yeah. of the Roy brothers shibby, are shib, just like, shib, shib. are singing at like her so... in this episode. Yeah. Shibby, 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 shibby. <laughs> like, like, what, like who, have they met her? That's not going to play. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was a great moment that, uh, that I, I felt like was, uh, was really, really uh, like, just like very, but like all of the moments with Kendall, I think did such a good job of just telling you exactly where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, where he is, is like, it's it's an interesting I mean, position, but like it's psychologically terrifying. I mean, Kendall is an addict, right? And I do feel like there's a yes. lot of ways in which this episode he's like, you know, a bit of an addict for like the attention that he get. Like this is like, you know, he's acting out in this way because he got so much attention, right? He's just and he just wants the praise and he just wants everybody to affirm that it was like the right thing to do and he'll win. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that not just that it was the right thing to do, but also he can it's the right thing to do and he'll win, right? Um, so yeah, I thought this whole Kendall step was really interesting and yeah. sets him up on a journey for this season that is going to, uh, it might be pretty hard to watch. I mean, Rome says he's going to crumble. And like, that is my big fear, right? Is that like every season we've favorite. seen. He's yeah. going to self-destruct because that's, that's his favorite. Yeah. That's his favorite. Yeah. Um, what goes up must come down and Kendall is on a major upswing right now. And you can only imagine that this crash is, is impending. I mean, all of this is like is paper tiger Kendall. Like, you know, there is no cohesive strategy. He's not, you know, changing the climate. So we're going to see, I mean, this is, I think going to be really fascinating through line through this season, Um, you know, watching like this, I think we can imagine is like going to be the very, very height of where Kendall is at the end of this. And it's just going to start to unravel, I think in the subsequent episodes. Yeah. 
Uh, I think the headline's got to be F the weather, we're changing the climate. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so great. Before uh, we move I'll... on from Kendall and Greg, can we talk about some of Greg's highlight lines yeah. here? Yeah. Oh, so good. I mean, you're the number one trending topic ahead of Tater Tots. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That was uh, the, good. And the Pope followed you. Actually, it's not. Actually, it's, it's not, not the Pope. It's, it's I love, I love Kendall's like just like sort of like appreciation of Greg in that moment. It's like, okay, all right, good. Like he's like already like mentally moving on because he knows yeah. it's not the real Pope. There's also uh, just Greg yelling no comment, and then she's no like, comment. you don't have to yell no you comment. Don't you just don't that. have to comment. Yeah. And then I think this one is like really. I think it's like a very subtle thing at the beginning when Kendall's in the bathroom and they're really worried, and Greg's like knocking on the door, and um, he I think it like explains his like he he doesn't have the confidence. He kind of is trying so hard. He's just like, he. what does he say? He's like, uh, I'm going to have to break down the door. And he starts to say, I don't want to. He's actually, like, I, I actually don't think I'll be able to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, he reverses course really, really quickly. So quickly. I don't want to, to do the that. Of weakness. Yeah. I actually don't think I'll be able to do that. Yeah, I don't uh, think I could do it. He's so uh, good. He's so yeah. great. He's the best. Uh, a shout out to Nicholas Braun, who plays Greg, uh, who is now uh, the first name you see in the credits, uh, which you should never skip. Never skip the succession credits. Uh, number one on on the on the credits. Uh, they do it in last name alphabetical. Uh, but uh, Hey Mabas, yeah. who played uh, Marsha, is no longer listed as a series regular. Uh, mentioned uh, in this episode. Mentioned, yeah. but she yep. used to have that top spot. She is not listed in the credits. Uh, the credits did expand. Uh, I don't know if this is ever interesting to anybody other than me. Uh, but uh, but Willa is a series regular. So Justine Loop, you're seeing in the opening credits. Uh, Carl and Hugo are both part of the main uh, cast Hugo. as well. Um, so you you see them pop up. Uh, Hugo especially is such a little worm. Um, <laughs> Largely in motion, largely underway. Uh, so yeah, so, so we're we've expanded the cast uh, a little bit this season. Some changes uh, with some people who are uh, who who were part of that opening crawl who are no longer. Um, but I'm sure we will we will see or at least feel their presence. Uh, like I definitely think uh, certainly you mentioned that Marsha gets name checked here. Can't imagine that we don't get like something deeper with Marsha. Like mm -hmm. the show has to drop a Marsha bomb at some point. Sounds uh, like she's on Team Kendall. We had a lot of debate about that, uh, but she sort of gets looped in with the people that Kendall thinks he has. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. great. That's fun. Um, so let's talk about Logan. Let's go to the other side of. Uh, I mean, let's go across the sea uh, because Logan is sticking around. Winds up in Sarajevo, uh, you know, with the, with his mobile action station. But like a lot of this, Amanda, at the start at least, is like. Logan is like a deer in headlights to a certain degree, right? Like he's like stunned, like he's like venom struck and he like isn't able to like make a move for a little while. Yeah. So there was question at the end of season two about like what, how does Logan view this move from Kendall? Because on the one hand, obviously Kendall's coming for his head and that's not great. And Logan doesn't love that. But on the other hand, he's always been disappointed that Kendall doesn't have this kind of fight in him. So like, I still, and, you know, so obviously, you know, Logan is going to go, you know, full, full effing beast by the, you know, through, during the course of this episode. But I do think that this is sort of like what makes Logan tick. Like, I was like reminded of, you know, the, like, I actually was rewatching kind of here and there from, 
like the very beginning of the series and I watched the pilot and I remember like when they go to play the softball game and they're just like, let's play the game. We're going to play the game. And they all get in helicopters and you're like, what are they going to do? Are they going to like hunt humans? Right. But, then, <laughs> but then they end up and they're just playing softball. But I do think that there's something about like, this is all a game for Logan. And unless there's huge stakes and power plays and people's lives are getting destroyed. Like, and like, I do think that this is sort of, what makes him tick and like i feel like he's he's very angry here but i also think he's like very animated eventually and that this is like what he wants to do if he wanted to retire and be on a yacht all the time that the man could have done that there's he had a lot of off ramps so i think that this is kind of exactly what logan wants to be doing and kind of the only way he likes to interact with his children is in this sort of high stakes game yeah. Carl and Frank like call right. They're like, is this the worst? Like Carl's like, is this the worst it's ever been? Yeah. And Frank's these, like, well, there was this and this yeah, and this, this list. And this, this is and this. this is uh, as transcribed by Variety. Uh, Variety uh, has uh, this quote from Frank. Uh, there were the tabloid suicides when we nearly went kablooey because of Argentina. The Tiananmen accommodations. The black cloud after Sally Ann. Uh, it's like, what is all of that? Don't you just want to know what yes, each of those things? I do. Give me the prequel um, series with the Argentinian kablooey. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Armstrong, who is the creator of the show, says we've got a good Bible. So, like, there's explanations and backstories for all of those uh, scandals that oh, are cool. that are name checked there. Whether or not we see anything about that, I think, is another thing. But. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that that is sort of like the question that's hanging over everything else on, you know, if Kendall is one side of the coin, um, then Logan is the other. But obviously, it's a multi-sided die that we are dealing with. But as far as like the duality of like the head to head, like the question around Logan, Grace, is like, is this the worst thing that has happened uh, that Logan has had to weather? Um, isn't he just going to come out of this fine like he always does? Or uh, is dad toast? I mean, I think it sort of from the, the fact that he has to and he chooses to take a step back. Right. And, and then just choosing a, a new CEO who he still said, you know, he says, I will be still pulling the strings. I will still be in charge. I'll have major influence. Um, but the fact that he does have to step down does lead you to believe that this probably is uh, him at his, his weakest um, point or perhaps most vulnerable or else he wouldn't um, step back. Right. He still wants the fight, but he can't do it in the same way um, that he could, which I think like, you know, this show touches so much on like what happens what's happening in the real world right i think there's just so much it mirrors what's happening in our society and i do think that like yeah there was a way in which like someone like logan would have got got away with a lot of things and probably still to an extent will get you know he will not you know if, you know if the doj comes after him i don't think it will be um certainly he he won't face the full ex, you know punishment of probably what he he should but um in a way, he's not able to get away with it in the way that he used to be able to get away with it. So um, I think this is his most vulnerable position he's probably been in his in his career since he has to choose to to take a step back. Yeah, I I mean, I, I think that it's a really fair point to make that, like, this is how he uh, prefers to interact with his kids is sort of like on the yeah. field of battle. And like he does say, like, when there's the whole conversation about who should be the CEO after he says like, we'll, we'll throw him a bone. I'll step back. Um, knowing that that's like the right strategic play. And also that he will still just be like the same oh, as he ever was, but he's going to hate this, right? He's going to yes. be, he's going to absolutely 
it, it's not going to go. It will well. not work out exactly that, like, as you want. Somebody right. else is in the CEO position, and even though he's pulling the strings, it's like not the way he can do it. Right? This is the entire Kendall thing of like he never saw Kendall as being able to do what he he was able to do. Right. So it's going to go terribly. I feel yeah. very bad for Jerry. <laughs> yeah. So that's my question, though. Do we think that like ultimately this had to be Jerry, though? Because like for it to be any one of his children would have given them more power in that father child relationship that he's comfortable with like it almost seems like jerry is in some ways like the more more of this known quantity she's been a loyal soldier for all these years he probably feels a lot more comfortable in his ability to manipulate jerry as a puppet ceo like i don't think he knows the extent of her alliance with roman yet so that'll be interesting but maybe i think like in hit like was this always going to be inevitably the outcome that it's going to be Jerry because this is where Logan thinks he can have the most control. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I think that like I I think that like Logan probably feels decently about his ability to manipulate Roman would be my guess based on like that phone call mm -hmm. uh where like, you know, it was it was hard to know like what was sort of like the direction of the phone call. Like, because I think that there have been a lot of moments recently, like going back to the season two finale, like Roman saying, like, I wish this were real. Like, I wish this, like, we could go, we'll go private here, but this dude is a flake. I've been around mm -hmm. a lot of flakes before. Like, this isn't going to go through. Like, Roman has been giving, like, some pretty, like, um, like surprisingly, like, sound takes or at least, like, interesting takes that Logan has been leaning into and, like, has been, like, looking at Roman with, like, a really open ear in a way that it does feel like, you know, he's taking him a little more seriously. But then Roman calls and literally says, like, I want the job. I think I'd be good at it and I want it and can't really explain his qualifications beyond that. And then what he does say is, like, but if you, for whatever reason, feel I'm not ready, which I'm not saying I'd agree with, <laughs> but I would understand, um, then perhaps a couple of years under the wing of a mother hen will help me crack from the egg? You little baby boy, what are you talking yeah, about? Such a baby. And, and like Logan hears that and like instantly disqualified. He's out. He's out. out. He's out. This, like it may have been going in an okay direction, but the second he says that he's done. Right. Um, and I think that like, I think Logan probably feels like, uh, you know, if anything, probably like that phone call verifies for Rome, uh, for Logan, that Roman is like moldable and would be somebody who he could just like be in the ear of um, and get him to do whatever it is he, he wants to do. But also like the potential blowback and like the danger of the situation. Like, does he want like all of his kids to burn? You know, I think that like Jerry is somebody who uh, he can be in the ear of um, and can kind of like tell what to do to a certain extent, at least in his mind, whether or not that's actually true of Jerry, I guess we'll, we'll see. But like if worst comes to worst and if this goes kablooey even worse than it did in Argentina, <laughs> then like Jerry's not family. And that's been why like Jerry has always been like named in these types of spots yeah. in the past. And now it's just time to actually like put that into action. I don't think that this is an exciting development if you're a Jerry fan. I think that this is only an no, exciting development if bad. you're a Jerry fan insofar as it means we will get more Jerry on the show. Um, but like, if you're like hoping that like Jay Smith Cameron who plays Jerry is like long, long term for the show, I'm actually more nervous about that now than ever before. Like, I feel like this ends poorly. 
At least in at least in terms of like being in charge of Waystar Royco, I think this ends terribly. I think I don't I don't think she's in. I think like uh, there's a lot of stuff out there about like you know the Roman Jerry relationship stuff, and you know they have this interesting scene uh, in, in this episode. But like I, I don't think uh, Jace with Cameron is like you know in danger of going anywhere soon. But in terms of her being the successor, or you know, and they, there's kind of this line yeah. when they're on the airplane about I think it's. Um, Tom is talking to Shiv yeah. and he said like, you know, it's interim because yeah, well, Walmart was 10 years of it, you know, interim, like, you know, interim doesn't necessarily mean interim. Um, so I don't know, but I don't think Jerry is long for the CEO. Right. I role. mean, and the other piece and this grace was also from that phone call between Tom and Shiv is like, Tom is sort of saying like, this is like, Logan's going to fight. This is going to be bloody yeah. and ugly and nobody might come out. Like we might not come out of this looking good. Do you, do you still want it? And, Shiv does um like we have and 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 I guess that Jerry does too I mean Jerry's always played things much more cautiously that like you know she doesn't want to be the face of a company associated with murder and and sexual abuse but um I guess that she's willing to to step up here yeah I think also though like when Logan calls and says will you do it you have to say you yes. have to say yes uh I mean you don't but like, how do you not? Uh, I think is probably and and we talked about this during our season three preview show, our first one uh, about like um, you know wh- who's who's an actual good person, and then like who's like okay, so we're good, and then like who's like like who's not good, like who should f off? And I think like I certainly ended up with with f off on on Jerry, and I think Grace like part of that conversation ended up being like. She's been in this for so long. Like, yep. it doesn't matter how, like, quote unquote, clean she is. Like, was she associated with the cruise scandal at all? Or was she otherwise occupied? Like, she's dirty. Like, the call it, that she makes to the to the government in this episode, like, that's dirty. We're like, hands uh, off unless you grab it. Yeah. <laughs> that's bold. That's bold. Very bold. I mean, yeah, it was funny because we were, like, watching her get dirtied up in real time. Uh, for real yeah. yeah and it and wasn't we, her first rodeo you could no, tell she's had yeah. these phone calls before and we don't want any favors but <laughs> uh i don't know they point about like jerry being the most moldable like i actually i don't know if that's true because i think that like um jerry always sort of took the middle ground but that was like you know in in season one episode five when there's like the boat right she says like oh i'm gonna abstain i'm not gonna provide any counsel right here right like but that's when she doesn't know what the where the the tide is going and this is probably the most power that jerry has ever had or will have potentially and so i think it will be interesting to see sort of where she if if she sort of is willing to take logan uh uh with her uh as they go because um i think like the you know i think it's a good point that like you know putting your child i i thought that i just think like the one thing that never came up is like it feels like such bad optics to put roman or shiv in the new ceo position when like the father is the one who like is has been disgraced and like has all these allegations against him that it, like especially Roman feels like such a bad call to be like hey, let's put this guy like he has some feels like he has skeletons in the closet that like could come out you know um, yeah. but they have an attachment to their father like whether or not they want to admit it like one of the big things we've talked about is that like all three of these kids are constantly looking for approval from their father oh, yeah. and even in Kendall's you know big moment it's still like approval from his father that he wants right he's he's you know his father calls him and his dad knows that because he calls us is a decent move you know we could just move forward you know if you come back um and so 
I think having Jerry maybe in this position is actually the worst decision for for Logan because uh, you know other than the optics position, um, I think he has probably the least hold uh, on Jerry um, because I think Jerry is just as self interested as the rest of them. Can, yeah. can I make one more point though about um, Roman and the call with uh, with Logan like? I do think that the consistent thread with Roman and even when he like uh, would they have this opportunity to go private and Roman sort of sinks it. I think it's all self-sabotage. Like I think Roman yeah. actually on some level is one of the more self-aware characters and like recognizes that he actually doesn't know what he's doing and that it's all bravado. And whenever he gets close to being given real responsibilities or people viewing him as a serious person, um, he, he kind of gets scared away. And I think that that's why yep. he ultimately tanks the company going private. And also like when he makes this call, you can say he's advocating for himself and he's advocating for Jerry because he knows that Jerry will give him proximity to power. But I think ultimately he knows that his dad is not going to respect this move and that this is going to like successfully take him out of the running, which is what he wants. Yeah, and he will and he will land in the incubator for a little while, right? Like he will start to like warm up and be closer to power. And <laughs> Under maybe the cozy emerge. wing of his mother hen. Can, yeah. can I say what's interesting? It's There's crony this, time. This mother hen thing is really interesting. Uh, There's also the line where like uh, Jerry comes out of the helicopter like a very at the beginning of the episode it goes how'd it go in there because he talked about his mom a lot and that was logan like talking yeah. about his mom i felt like it was such a weird line that like there's no follow-up to it and but like there is some weird like you know motherly figure stuff going on with this family that i don't think uh yeah, yeah. Really, all yeah. of these characters are just desperately seeking this parental approval uh, yeah. that they've never gotten it's yeah. really yeah. quite profound this is a it's very mythical human stuff uh just being examined yeah. through the lens of these ungodly awful <laughs> people uh let's throw it to an ad break again real quick when we come back i want to talk through like shiv i want to talk about like what's going on with her very specifically why she's passed over what her moves might be and plenty else from the rest of the episodes one last ad break and then we will be back it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, let's talk through. Let's talk through Shiv. So Shiv gets passed over. Grace, surprised or is this uh, you know just another just another day on the the USS Waystar? I, I thought the reason she gets passed over is a little bit like I don't uh, you know I think the writing on the show is really well done, but the fact that she can't land uh, Lisa Arthur is like I think a pretty like flimsy thing, especially when you find out later that like she's already like before she ever met with. Shiv, she's already agreed to take on, like, not agreed to take on Kendall, I guess, because then they meet later in the episode. Um, 
but not surprised that Shiv. I mean, this has always been the thing with Logan and Shiv, right? Is that like Logan dangles the carrot and Shiv walks towards it and then he pulls it away, right? Um, yeah, and I thought, uh, yeah, so not surprised to see Shiv get taken out of the running um, in this in this episode. Amanda, any any surprise there, or would you have been more surprised if it landed on on Shiv? I would have been very surprised if, if it landed on Shiv. Like, I do think that this is like the that this is so fundamental to the the Logan and Shiv dynamic is that she really desperately wants this. Um, you know, probably you know she and Kendall are the ones who really do like feel that they're capable and and and, and want this role. And I don't think that Logan is you know ever going to actually you know feel comfortable handing things over to Shiv I think it's you know that what she represents as a woman is somebody who's ostensibly at least for images sake more culturally liberal and it you know it's not it's it's not his brand um I don't see it happening I think he fears that he wouldn't have as much control over her as he would like so um I I don't think that this that's was- like maybe the deathbed move Right. Like <laughs> Logan's on his deathbed. Yeah. And yeah. He's like, all right, I won't have to see it. I won't have to deal with it. Uh, like I do yeah. love my daughter and this will be great. Uh, but I don't want to be around for any of that. Like, but like short of like Logan Roy literally at death's door and about to be taken to the other side, hopping in the boat to cross the river sticks. Like, I don't think that um, that picking Shiv is, is in it. But I thought that like Shiv's whole thing when she's on the phone with Tom, she has this line. I don't have it uh, verbatim, but like, there's such a thing as being too clever, right? Yeah. Uh, and like, you know, how many how many times can like you know, like uh, if it's out there, if it's a possibility, yeah, I want to go hustle for me, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, I thought was was really was really great. But then when she goes to meet Lisa Arthur, like she doesn't go there like intending to like seal the deal for no. for Logan. She goes there intending to like. Uh, like forge her own path on like what should I do here so like I do think that like the show right now is set up as the big Roy civil war between Kendall and Logan but we're all uh, doing I think like a major disservice to ourselves in terms of like what our expectations are and our view of the landscape if we are not at the very least considering the third party candidate uh, in Shiv and what it is like she's on her way to do by the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely like the big cliffhanger that we're when, when Shiv te- orders the car to turn around, where exactly is her destination? Because Shiv is like in that meeting with Lisa while she's, um, you know, obviously discouraged that Lisa's not going to um, become her consigliere. Um, she does like, layout like she's very aware of the position that she's in that she's could be this political football between her more powerful father and brother she recognizes that they've both probably done awful things and so she's grappling with you know what is maybe what does that mean to her as like a person and as a woman but also how do I leverage my position maximally because this is you know the warped way that the that the Roy's approach everything um so will she ultimately take a side in this battle between uh between Logan and Kendall. Yeah, I think that that's the big question. I think like there's probably a lot of um I think especially with like when, you know, I think at the very least from Kendall's perspective, I think Kendall thinks that Shiv's coming. 
like mm-hmm. you know that's what he says to 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 lisa is like i like i think like shiv might be on board mm-hmm. uh, like he counts her as as one of the potential troops and i think that like leaving the episode grace i think that there is some degree of audience anticipation that like the place that she's going to is to like go and meet with kendall face to face certainly she's in the same town right like she's uh-huh. you know, however many blocks away yeah, I think that that's sort of if, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably guess that she goes with Kendall. But I really hope I actually hope she doesn't. I do think that there's a little bit of this like um, you know, talk about the Civil War, that she could be this third party mm-hmm. that sort of um, does sort of take this moral stance. Of, like we again, we we're talking earlier about how Kendall is like not a good dude and that the Shiv is like, you know, also, she also has some stuff going on. Um, Rewatching the way she treats Tom in the season two finale, oh, which I watched right yeah. before the season three premiere. Yeah. I was, oh my God, like she threw him like under like seven buses. Yeah. yeah they keep showing it in the, pre- in the, in the preview for this well, season then, as well. But, and Tom yeah. has this great line, which they're leaving at the, um, at the, uh, at the airplane. And he says, like, I love you, Shiv. And he's like, uh, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he blows her kit. She like yeah. pretends to grab it. They're, she they're like, grabs it, like kind of like lets it go. Like, is yeah. that like, which, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, if you love something, set it free. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, I did think their whole dynamic this episode is really interesting, the Tom and Shiv of it all, in terms of like the the plane conversation, right? They have just had this like very tense thing. He said, I, I'm sad and I I'm not sure if I'd be like less sad if I was without the you. Sad right? with you, it really would be worse than the sad without you. Yeah. Right. And so he's in this weird place and they do have this awkward goodbye. And then like uh, a Logan is picking the CEO and Tom immediately calls her. Like, do you want am I am I hustling for you? Like, do you want it? Right. And I think he is trying to say, like, I need to, to I need to know because I need to know whether you actually want because it, it will be like yeah he's gonna fight for it and then you might get some mud thrown at you but like he does call her to be like should I do it and then she's like yeah and I think that like I don't it made me love Tom uh, yeah. even more than I did uh, before and I loved him yeah. a lot. Shiv is uh, Tom's final two. I don't know if Tom is, uh-huh. is in Shiv's final two, but I, Tom is definitely team Shiv. He's part of the team. And like that moment where she's like, go, go, go fight, babe. It's like, that's like the most genuine moments in their relationship is right. when they're yeah. plotting for each other's, you know, power. Um, yeah. I mean, I can see Shiv going to Kendall as at least an initial play. But I think, like, ultimately, these siblings, like, what they want more than anything else is not to let one of the others get a one-up yeah, on Yeah, just them. look at how awful Roman is to, to Shiv when he's, when he's like, he seems, like, a little bit sad that it's not him and then mostly, like, really happy for Jerry and then also really, like, I made this happen, you know? Uh, yeah. And so, like, he's, take, he's taking it as a, as a personal victory. And so he... Um, their brother has just done what their brother has done. This is not terribly long after Roman has uh, said to both of his siblings uh, on the on the yacht, like when we're through the other side Aww. of this, can we all just like talk about Bad. stuff normally? You want to talk about stuff normally? And then they like are both singing to her. They're not talking that, to her normally. That scene, like, that scene is so no, that scene is so heartbreaking. Roman actually trying to have a vulnerable moment with his siblings and they immediately now, mock him. They're he, so broken. But now he's the mocker. Now yeah. he's the one who's who is literally calling uh Shiv and just stopping short of nanny nanny poo-pooing. He's dancing her. on on the grave of yeah. her grave. The best example of this family being broken to me is like this whole thing has happened it's the beginning of the episode they're at the airport logan's sitting by himself and tom was like we should like say something to him right like we should like go and like you know 
talk to him and they're like eh. and they're like they're like what are you thinking though like yeah. what like what are you thinking what are you really thinking like the family is they're so broken they they're don't very broken. communicate yeah deeply deeply so uh, but i i did find that uh really fascinating to me that uh to that point of like the siblings don't want to see anybody in like the in a position of power or success that is greater than theirs right they would love for any one of them would love for the others to be like second and third place you know, and like a I mean, clo- like a close. And they lead. don't want the family to lose power altogether because no. that's not good for anybody. But I think like with Roman, like I don't think he wants to be the CEO, but he really doesn't want Kendall or Shiv to be I'm the a, CEO. I'm a little behind on what we do in the shadows right now, but there is at least a, a, to where I'm at, like a similar question about well, there can only be one person on the throne kind of yeah, thing yeah, yeah, going yeah. on right now. And like, I think like that is like a very similar, uh, a similar vibe. Uh, well, I think which... we all we all wonder, like, you know, not all of us, maybe some people don't, but like you're like, I wonder which one of my siblings is my parents' favorite. Mm. And in this show, there's like a seriously tangible way for oh, the father, yeah. and he's like thinking about like and and actually has contemplated which one, not maybe not necessarily his favorite, but like I think his favorite because like who his favorite is going to be the one that could do the best job at the thing that he is good at, right? right. The th- running the company, and so it's just this like very tangible way of like they have to play through this experiment all the time, and as soon as somebody else gets named the successor well they're the favorite and it is a very awkward thing where probably by those metrics craze his favorite he's currently at war with you know know. (laughs) like the (laughs) only person who has shown up uh as far as like logan's like uh you know war view of the world is concerned well they they you know we talked about the end of the last like is he is he happy is he sad but like he's he very clearly is like mad at the beginning of this episode but also in in the like previously on they show the smile when he's watching kendall he's, he's he he has this little smile that like the smirk that comes across his face when like kendall blows it all up you know so there right. is i think that is very true that like he now the only way for his son to prove that he was worthy was to like come after him uh and then you know, you have to win the the war uh, to actually careful what you wish for, though. Yeah, I know. You know, um, on the just to circle back a little bit to like Tom in relation to to Shiv. Do we feel like Tom is all the way Team Shiv? Like, doesn't he kind of like bomb the like hustle baby aspect of it? Where he's like, I like, I like Jerry. I like Jerry. I like Roman. I like Roman too. I like Roman too. Shiv's great. You know, like <laughs> you know, like that is was that right. what was he trying to? All of them are, he's definitely sabotaging. All of them are little wieners in that. that, Well, of course I like Schiff. I love, I have to just say like, and and I want to give lots of respect to all the secondary characters on Succession, all of whom do like an amazing job. But Carl and Frank in this scene, like Carl, like I I look good. I like me. You're mashed potatoes, Frank. I don't trust you. Carl, if you're clean, it's only because they've got a nail parlor in your whorehouse. (laughs) They're manicures. Yeah. Also, Carl was supposed to be on this podcast, but he had to go get a sandwich he had to go get a sandwich <laughs> uh very sus right that's sus. that is sus. So that's sus. Sus. Yeah, carl yeah. no one has eyes on carl, oh. Where did carl also, go? Like, honestly respect for carl like if i'm about to get on a flight and enter like the war room for lord knows how many hours i want a sandwich too get yeah, the but you sandwich. Need, amanda sandwich. the boston rob buddy system needed to be in play here like you cannot be alone like you if send, you're alone that's you gotta dangerous. send hugo yes um <laughs> Yeah, I do want to just like give some respect to uh, like some of these characters who are like showing up a little harder here in the season three premiere. 
uh, like Frank, uh, as we've lovingly called him, Frank T. Nelson on the podcast <laughs> in the past. Yeah. Uh, like, I do love just like the, you're not trusted, Frank. Uh, and Frank, <laughs> what does okay, it mean? No, 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 you're no, mashed potatoes. What yeah. does that mean? I don't know. Do you not trust mashed potatoes? Uh, I trust mashed potatoes. Is yeah. it like you're a side dish? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe know. he's like he's he's uh he doesn't have substance. He's mushy. Yeah, I yeah. You could have been in. You could have been French fries. You, you could have been fries. You could have been tater tots. You could have been trending. 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 But you're mashed potatoes. Does the Pope follow tater tots? Yeah. Uh, and Carl, I, I loved Carl in this episode as well. But really, like, uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled Fisher Stevens series regular as Hugo is just slimy and slippery. <laughs> I got us a nice room. Well, actually, yeah. it's not a very nice it's room. Not, but it's the get. nicest I could get. Uh, was was great. Uh, no, I I love sort of the the Sarajevo war, uh, war party. Like yeah. I love this collection of characters being together. I think the show and and most really great shows uh, do this well of just like shaking up the character combinations and always sort of like reshuffling the deck. Um, so I think like having sort of like all these uh all of these awful men together uh in in a room in uh, a place with uh i believe no uh extradition uh to the u.s yeah. uh like is is just great uh and like who's going to like who is gonna throw uh the first person like out of the out of the like the straw house right who's gonna who's gonna go who's gonna be ejected first like there is a little bit more of like that you know like uh I think that there is like sort of like a reality show component to to watching succession of like who's going to get voted out type oh, of yeah. deal. And yeah. like who's who's going to get evicted from the house is like I think like fairly in play in my mind right so do, now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that Frank in here is the one who's most likely to defect to team. Kendall. Well, he's the only one we know who has an offer for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry got a call, but it went to voicemail. Yeah, she was otherwise occupied trying to talk to the president. Um, Carl is unaccounted for. That could be some sort of like um, card that gets turned over genius style deeper into mm-hmm. the season. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think Hugo's going anywhere, but that no. may be like a real <laughs> underestimation of Hugo. Um, and then Tom will probably... Well, maybe Tom lands wherever Shiv lands, but that was that was what I wanted to get into a little mm-hmm. bit. Is like their obviously their relationship is sort of in this you know fraught place. Uh, like they they do like have like the weird like hand gestury uh, love you babe type thing, um, but Tom doesn't really really go to bat for her. Uh, and he also well, like like I'm not like a little rich for my blood uh, when like it's like uh, offered to him as just like even a thought exercise. Um, is Tom going to go wherever Shiv is going to go here? Or is like Tom's proximity to Logan going to be an influencer at all in his decision making, like his literal physical proximity to him? I, I do think it's a I don't think it's uh, a given that like if Shiv ends up with Kendall, that Tom jumps ship. I think that like there is this little bit of like, you know, from what we've seen through two seasons is um, Tom is kind of like stuck in this world a bit because he cares about Shiv, at least in my estimation. Right. It's like the reason he ends up in the death pit uh, is because he wants to work for the company that his like, you know, to the person he loves works at, like is part of the family. And I do think that Tom is sort of at this point where I think he's going to start thinking about making decisions that are not attached to Shiv. And I think I, I could see a little bit of like him taking a stand uh, a little bit. I think that we talked about this in the preview podcast of like, this does seem to maybe be the season in which people start to like actually have to decide, 
where they want to stand, right? And not just because Logan is so powerful that there is now, like with Kendall breaking off, there is this like, okay, now there's a place you can go. And I think Tom will have this decision to make. Mm -hmm. And I don't think necessarily that he goes um, to Kendall just if Shib is there because I think he like is sort of feeling this like disconnect with her that it might he might feel like, okay, I'm going to stay here and plant my feet here. So that's an interesting question to me, Grace, is like, what is the what is the hen and what is the egg? Is um, is Tom (laughs) with Shiv because Shiv was the daughter of the most powerful man in the world and, and offered all of these opportunities for him to be in that world or did he fall in love with Shiv and coincidentally this is part of that life like I don't know that when we first are introduced to Tom he's very eager to impress Logan and you get the impression that that is like a big shiny impressive thing to him that this is the Roy family and that's part of Shiv's appeal um so I do think it's very interesting that they have this very intense kind of um moment in their marriage and discussion about what it means and then the two characters are separated and tom is very close to logan like it'll be really interesting to see how they align as this power struggle goes on because i agree i don't think it's a given that he stays on shiv's side by shiv's side through all of this yeah Mm -hmm. um not a lot to report on connor and willa (laughs) What do you mean? They're holding down the they're holding down the Balkans with two troops. I love how Willis sort of has to remind Logan, like, wait, what about your other son? Do you have a task for him? Yeah. Yes, my boy. Yes, <laughs> my boy. Uh, uh, so I don't know where that's all going. I mean, like, it's just worth remembering where we're at with Connor, I guess, is that like, you know, trying to run for president, um, but also being like uh, he's like basically bankrupt. Uh, and, uh, he has also been, if not all the way publicly shamed by Logan in front of the rest of his family, Logan certainly told him like, don't do this. You're embarrassing me. So like, Mm -hmm. that is like emotionally where Connor has been left, but Connor's response that has seemingly been some mixture of like going deeper into a bender. Like he has a whole bottle of whiskey for breakfast, uh, the I day after, a, I believe it's a Bordeaux. Yeah, that might that might <laughs> be right. Uh, but they're going to take the ironic route. Uh, they're going to invite all the haters to come. Right. Yes, play. The, the, like the, that's the hipsters where, and the dipshits. <laughs> they're in like dire straits right now, and so like, what is the what is the balance between he's been like really emotionally wounded by his father versus like he needs the money? Like he's in a very 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 bad way. Um, I don't even really love speculating on Connor Roy as like an important character because I hate him so much. Uh, <laughs> but like he's definitely an ingredient that we we need to keep our eyes on at the at the very least. That stuff about like uh, yeah, we'll basically get hate likes, you know, was uh, was hilarious. Uh, very real, it felt like. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything else in terms of any of the characters, any lines, any moments that uh, that stood out to either of you that you would be sad to to not remark upon before we close this thing out. Just too many is part of the problem. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, the thing I was just so delighted having this show back is like you remember, like you know, we've been talking about all of this like heavy, deep family dynamics, but it's like every other line is a laugh line in this show. Yeah. Like somehow it's hilarious throughout um you know even like the dark things like when you know when uh logan says something 
really crude to Roman um, as he's boarding the plane. And he's like, ah, what he said to his son as the sexual assault allegations flooded in. And it just, it's like everything, every, each of these characters is always like so, so witty in a, in a, in a darkly humorous way. Um, so that was really fun. This is the full Baskin Robbins 31 flavors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. That was really, really uh, good. Um, did uh, did did either of you think that uh, Roman and Jerry were going to get it on? Uh, I thought I did. I thought that they might. I thought that yeah. they might so? push that way. Think, but I don't think. I don't think it's going to go all the way. There. Was this like? Was this where it would have happened? And so, like now, that's off the menu. Like, uh, was this like the? Was this like the show? Sort of like. Uh, being like, all right, this is the closest we're gonna go to going there. There's or a little like, the there was a little something. like when Roman is like, nobody would know, and Jerry like hesitates for a brief, and then is like, I can't remember what she says, but she like, gets a phone call, I think, right you know, away. Is that yeah. what she? And that's when she finds yeah. out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, yeah, and I don't, I don't know about now, because uh, like, yeah, he's very clearly like, well, now you're my boss. You yeah, know? that's um, awkward. Yeah, that now it's awkward. Now it's awkward, <laughs> and even Jerry's like. I, Every interaction we've ever had has been nothing but professional or whatever. But like, that's not Jerry. No, that's not no, true. no, it's Jerry. not a full lie. Uh, yeah. It's amazing. Jerry is clearly very comfortable with moral ambiguities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amanda, how long is Jerry going to be CEO for? Uh, you know what? Like, I don't think she ends the season CEO. Lots of like opinion pieces online today and like explainers being like, Succession finally names the successor, and it's Jerry. This is wow. Jerry's time to shine. It's like, oh, oh, really? We all we're all comfortable here, huh? Okay. Uh huh. We all think yeah. this will stick. Yeah, this is like a this is like a couple episodes. I think. I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that Jerry ends the season as CEO? Was this what is this the answer to? Is this the prince that was promised? Oh my god. Uh, I, I I think she, I my gut is that. Roman plus Logan season. equals Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the full season of Jerry as the CEO and whether how much power that actually uh, she's able to wield or whatnot. But and I think that sort of will come to a head probably at the end of the season when, you know, something else uh, pops up. But I mean, like we've talked about, like time moves relatively slowly in succession. Uh, you know, this has not been like, you know, the show's, you know, this is uh, two years since the last season, but it's not two years in show. So right. I think I think we get at least the majority of the season, if not all the way till the end of this season. And then uh, we get a shake up. Probably. Time jump just would have bummed me out so, so much. Uh, like, yeah. I, especially now having watched the episode and one of those moments where like, the the product totally like lives up to the hype and maybe like exceeds past mm -hmm. it um i would have like it, we would never have like really known what that world looked like but like to like miss out all of this immediate 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 process the scramble um you know it's base it's been a night like not even right like right mm -hmm. it and like that that's really exciting to me as far as like what the pace of the season could be of like people really have to move very quickly in order to like find themselves in the right positions here. Um, but that could be presented to us uh, kind of like methodically and slowly. And like, I, that's sort of, that's, that's certainly what I'm rooting for as far as like the, the pace of and the show this season. And it's only nine episodes this season. Well, uh, it's been 10 every season previous, but it appears that it is only a nine season uh nine episode third season so. i'll knock on wood as well that uh doesn't i don't think we're getting any covid content which i know yeah it doesn't look like it, it. Does especially if we're like, like back in time so right yeah yeah um i think yeah like that would have been like i don't know they would have really had to just sort of like 
shoehorn that in considering like the universe that the show is taking place in and especially because we are going like so straight into it yeah i don't mind taking a break from all of that that's fine that's good um all right so that is the succession season three premiere in the books i loved it uh i thought it was great this show is awesome um very very happy with how it played out uh we would love to get feedback from everybody who is listening to this podcast you can do that you can uh you can send it in uh you can email me how about you email me uh josh at postshowrecaps.com you can send it straight my way i'll get your feedback we'll get it onto the show uh obviously the turnaround is going to be really really tight on these podcasts so you're going to want to basically send off a, a feedback email right after you're done watching the show so send it in josh at postshowrecaps.com is going to be the best way to get your feedback in uh let's do some plugs amanda uh i i don't know if uh (laughs) podcasters know or podcast listeners know uh what you don't know Uh, (laughs) well that's good because i i do know so um i am every week talking with the great jason curtis rivera about the television show psych we just started uh, recapping season four. So you can find us at IKYDK.com. And that stands for I Know You Don't Know. How many um, seasons of Psych were there? Oh my gosh. A I lot? This is what Jason knows and I don't know. I think there's eight seasons of Psych and there's oh, wow. two movies and the third movie is coming out shortly. Oh it's a lot God. of Psych. Wow. Yeah. A lot uh, of Psych. We're talking years. about all of it. Are you allowed yeah. to know how many episodes of Psych there are, or is that a violation if I were to tell you? Right I don't now? think I'm. I don't think I'm allowed to know anything. Okay. I, you should. You should vet anything you tell me through through Got Jason it. first. That's that's Got the safest it. course of action. Um, yeah. If you're so- a Psych fan, the point is like check out that podcast. There's a lot of content yeah. in the backlog, and uh, spoiler alert: there's a lot of more content coming your way. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. We got we we just record we just released our fifty first episode this morning. Amazing. And you wow. can follow me uh, on Twitter where I'm Dr. Amanda R. That's D R Amanda R. Amazing. Um, Grace, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Hi from Grace. I got a few things going on. Post show recaps. Uh, doing some movie coverage. Yeah. Uh, monthly. We actually. I was very excited. We got to talk with Rob and Nicole Cesarino about the many saints of Newark. I uh, loved it, Grace. Yeah. It was so fun. Was the movie, so fun. Amanda. <laughs> yeah. It all, you know, people might be if you follow me on Twitter. I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie, but Nicole What'd and you Rob say? and Grace talking about yeah. it was was fantastic. Hey, Leotes. Yeah. It was so. <laughs> fun it was great uh so more movie coverage uh, coming also covering doing some james bonds watching on the patreon feed uh for post show recaps that's been fun we'll have no something time soon to die. For, for no time to die yeah yes. uh the almost three hour long james bond is it movie. really that long yeah, yeah what? it's just it's like uh two hour, two forty five yeah it's brutal. It make, a, uh, make a show at that. I know. Point. I know. Uh, what else? Got go uh, on twitch.tv slash DM Philly on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. I play Dungeons Dragons in space. And then uh, on Fridays, we launched a new show recently. We're playing Humblewood, which is like little furry creatures who play in the in like the woods. I play with swords and stuff. Yeah, I play a raccoon rogue. That's cool. Uh, yeah, who who says she doesn't like to eat garbage, but she she loves loves it, it secretly. <laughs> yeah, don't we uh, all? Yeah, don't we all. Uh, and on Fridays on Twitch.tv slash Haley Strong, cover Taskmaster, the new episode that came out the day before. So that's been really fun. Um, I think that's about it. If I got anything else going on, you can catch it on Twitter. All right, and that's at High from Grace. Yep. Uh, high from at Round Howard. That's me. Uh, you can find me on many, if not most, of your post show recaps podcasts around these parts. 
uh, Succession now fully underway. But beyond that, we've got so many shows that we're covering, whether it's all of the myriad Walking Deads or rewatches, including Lost Down the Hatch. Just a ton of stuff that's coming out. Uh, so check us out. Just look up Post Show Recaps. Uh, see what's in the podcast. Uh, and and you'll, you'll probably find something that shall tickle your fancy beyond just succession did you like ted lasso go back listen to our ted lasso coverage there's tons there if you really like what we're doing you want to support the show you certainly can do that directly we are on patreon patreon.com slash post show recaps in fact this month is our one year anniversary of our patreon program so if you'd like to throw some support behind us that would certainly be deeply appreciated by everybody on the network one more time, that's patreon.com slash recaps. You could go to that page, see all the different perks that you get for signing up at which levels. We would love to have you as part of our amazing community. Regardless, you are part of the community because you are listening to this Succession podcast. We are going to have more Succession coverage coming your way as soon as next week. Episode 2, Mass in Time of War. This is what it is called. This is Midnight Mass in Time of War is a very terrifying mashup to consider. I don't know if either of you watched Midnight Mass. I just watched the first episode last night. So Yeah. Uh, I'm now imagining, no spoilers for Midnight Mass, but imagining any of the, the Waystar Royco people uh, in that situation yeah. is uh, really upsetting to consider. Uh, really, really deeply upsetting. All right. Uh, the opposite of upsetting uh, has been this podcast talking to both of you, Grace, Amanda. Amanda, come back anytime. Oh, this I'd love so much to. fun. This so is much great. Fun. Uh, an absolute blast. We'll be back next week with more succession coverage. Until then, everybody, F off! Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.